Well, welcome into the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. My name is Austin, and I am one of the hosts here. And this podcast is a place where me and my other co-host, Stephen, get a chance to sit down and talk about some of the questions that have plagued us in our lives. As the podcast title says, we are young, we can both be dumb sometimes, and we're trying to understand how what we experience in the church relates to the world that we see around us. We've designed this podcast not to be a podcast solely for people in the church, but for those who may be exploring what is Christianity all about? Why can Christianity be weird sometimes? And what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? Number one, who is Jesus? We talk about all that and more in this podcast series. But on this very first episode, Stephen and I actually pick apart the idea of Christianity, yes, but why the idea of Christianity? Why following Jesus today may seem so difficult and contrary to what we experience in our culture each and every day. It can be so easy to look at the idea of following Jesus as a solution, a quick fix, a band-aid to make our problems go away. The problem with that idea is that it oftentimes doesn't seem to fix our problems. And that leaves a lot of people perplexed and lost in their idea of Christian belief. Steve and I discuss all of that and more in this first episode today. So without further ado, here is our very first conversation on the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. Well, Steven, thanks so much for being here. Dude. <laughs> thanks yeah, thanks so pumped. much for sitting down and talking with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I don't, yeah. I don't get to talk with a whole lot of people that are cool people. Oh, the distinction there is of supreme importance. Yeah. The, the, like the... <laughs> You know yeah, I, mean? I just I just don't yeah. get to talk to people right, in general. Right. It's not yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Man, you're the first person I've seen all day. So actually, um, I, I did have an experience like that Monday. That's off topic. This is off topic. We're no, gonna just, get to our topic. I yeah, promise. Just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, I had an experience like that Monday where like the first time I saw somebody in the office was, I don't know, like noon. And so then, did you just thank them for being a person? Like, how'd that work? I just, I think that, yeah, I think the yeah. uh, guy was just like, oh, people. It's so, so good to see you. And he's like, <laughs> really? Like, we really don't see each other that much or whatever. And you're there yeah. like, yeah, but you're the f- human contact. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. That's just yeah. frustrating or something like it that. It was, it was very, it was, it was a weird thing. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. that's not the topic at hand. The topic at hand is we're going to talk about why is Christianity difficult? Why is it difficult? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say for the insiders and you can say for the outsiders too. Yeah. So why is it difficult, I guess, for people in our culture? And I guess to start where I want to start, and I would love to get your thoughts on this, is simply put, what does it mean to be a Christian? Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that to, this is a cool thing to do that 5C thing that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. So context, uh, Pastor Matthew, lead pastor of our church, walked us through um, as speakers how to yep. give a salvation call or an invitation for people to receive the gospel. And um, he gave us, what's it's an acronym or an acrostic? Or is an acronym and an acrostic just, the same it's thing? Just, it's just six C's. Yeah, I know, but like, what's that called? You know what I'm saying? Like, FBI is an acronym. The six C's or what? I think it, an, an acrostic would be like it spells an actual word. Uh huh. I think this is just like a list. 
Oh. <laughs> he gave us I a may list. Be, I may be wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's at least uh, how I saw it. I think you'll just we're just gonna say acrostic because okay. it's three syllables. Sounds uh, acrostic. Yeah. One, yeah, 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 three let's syllables, go, and so that. it sounds better. So he gave us this acrostic, um, the five C's, and so we we were initially intended, uh, we were created, which is the first C creation. We were created for good, created to live in perfect communion with Jesus, uh, and with um, <clears throat> God the Father, but we were corrupted by evil, and so mm-hmm. sin enters the world, uh, and like I always, the way that I, and this is a little bit of a proje- of a personal projection on like that process is rather than being sort of corrupted by evil, it was like the human inclination for like autonomy kind of deal. Okay. Um, but that's that, I don't know, that may be in the weeds of my personal preferences. So like you say human inclination for autonomy, like life, like our desire to do things our way to not to, to control the situation rather than to, um, do things God's way. Okay. I got you. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So created for good, corrupted by evil, cured by the cross, right? And so there is a lot of implications there. So the 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 cured by the cross deal is that um, we believe that God sent his son, sent himself down in the form of his son um, to be a fully human, fully man, living a life that was um, a sinless life. So never being corrupted by the evil that we're so easily corrupted by, which qualified him to be the one true sacrifice to pay the penalty for all, for the, like all of the sins that man had ever, mankind had ever created. Um, and so he cures us of the disease of evil. Right. And then, uh, the next one is, is it confirmed by the resurrection? Yep. Yep. Confirmed by the resurrection. And so that one is, so like, I can trust that he actually did that because three days later he like beat death and it rose from the dead. That was the confirmation of, that's why, like that, that's the proof that now we live in that transformed life. Exactly. Exactly. I got you. And then he calls us, is it five or six? I think it's six. It's six. It's called. Yeah. The next one is called. Did we say five earlier? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So So it's six. It's actually six. Got you. Sorry. Yeah. yeah Scratch that from the record. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So created, corrupted, cured, confirmed, and then we're called by Jesus to walk with him um, throughout the remainder of our lives. And then um, the fun word consummated at the end (laughs) is when all of that is brought to fruition, where we get to join um, Jesus in heaven Mm -hmm. and, uh, once again, live in like an uninterrupted and perfect communion with him. Um, Pastor Steve, crushing it. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a really good summary of, yeah, I would say that's a really good way to explain. Yeah. What we believe as Christians, because I think that's the big question. Um, So what does it mean to live out that belief? I guess, what does it look like? boots on the ground when you would say, Hey, I can tell that that person's a Christian. What does that look like? Yeah. So I think that the thing that makes it difficult, right. Is at face value. Um, it's usually like it and rightfully so it's a story that's romanticized, right? The, the, the story of Christ has become essentially for the entire world, like a, what's that? Like a, 
myth or a fairy tale. I'd yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like somebody, um, like the chosen one, takes on the responsibility of the entire world onto themselves, sacrifices themselves in some sort of way, and just by seemingly like the skin of their teeth is, escapes death and like overcomes everything, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the story, right? And that's that's a beautiful story. It's the the Jesus narrative story is like the basis, if you whittle it down, to every like Disney fairy tale, to every uh, Marvel superhero, to yeah. all of the things, right? So, which is cool. Um, <clears throat> and so we, the first entrance into that story, you're like, ah, this is this is dope. Like mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that story. Yeah. But then you're like, you start to get into the somewhat like the idiosyncrasy. Is maybe is idiosyncrasy the right word? Some I, the I intri- guess the new nuances. Yeah, intricacies, nuances. Yeah. This is going to be a podcast of misusing big words. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're trying yeah. to understand. I think no. Once you how get, to use the English language yeah, yeah, yeah. effectively. Let's do once it. Once you get into the acrostics of uh, the gospel, <laughs> so um, so so yeah. Once you get into the intricacies of it, like you, the, people at church they throw around these phrases like "I've been washed by the blood" or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like don't love that like eh, out, that's a little weird right out of context those those so strange yeah sounds it sounds very those sayings sound very strange yes. and foreign because it's like okay let's take that phrase washed by the blood yeah that what does that mean to a person obviously in the christian framework yeah we get it like yeah, by yeah, his yeah. by his blood we are healed by the blood that he spilled that proves that he that shows his ultimate love for right. us as right. a people but yeah, to, to someone on the outside looking in, that's very confusing. Yeah. And I think, so there's there's that level to it where it presents these things where like you're kind of saying them, but then you don't really understand them, maybe the magnitude of what you're saying or like what it actually means. So that presents some uncomfort, right? Mm-hmm. And then once, to me, the thing that makes it challenging or to, to, that makes being a, a, a believer challenging is that once you take the initial step of entering into the story, right? Uh, yep. Of uh, uh, entering into, or I know, I guess for the sake of conversation, for whatever, entering into Jesus' story, essentially. Um, what happens is much past that, you're like, I kinda, where do I, all right, where do we go from here? Like, what are the yep. implications of this for my life, right? Well, and I like the way you put that, entering into a story, because mm. that is that is something that gave me a lot of freedom and a lot of i guess clarity in understanding how to not only believe the the right things because for a long time i concerned myself with that like okay am i going to believe everything that's right am i going to like cuz people have argued about this for centuries yeah but when we see it as a story that the god of the universe invites us into invites us to experience uh, life in its fullest sense and the life that Jesus modeled, for me, it becomes abundantly clear, not just, not exactly like marching orders. I'm not going to get marching orders, but Mm -hmm. it becomes clear, oh, there's a certain, I guess there's a certain way I live. Right. There's a certain way I respond. Like a direction you're supposed to be moving in. Right. There's a direction you're supposed to be moving in. There's a level of, I guess, care that now I operate with that maybe I didn't operate with before. So it and that I'm thinking specifically how I see the world around me. Sure. How I see others. Yeah. How yeah. I even view God. 
Yeah. And him as like, you hear the language of God as a father in scripture. What in the world does that mean? Right. Cause we can't, I mean, and scripture says this too. We can't see God. Like I can see you sitting across the table. Mm-hmm. So what, and, and that story framework that God invites us into this story and that it's not so much a production that we put on that oftentimes it can feel like church can be a production, right? It's not so much the production that we put on rather. It's this, I guess this life that we're, we're joining in this life that's already around us that calls us to respond. Yeah. And that calls us to respond, not out of obligation, but out of sheer, out of desire and out of, I don't want to use the word love because that that's been thrown around and it sounds like it sounds romanticized. Yeah. But out of, I guess, desire and devotion. To use the uh, yeah, let's go with the pastor thing here. And <laughs> <laughs> desire and I devotion. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Desire mm-hmm. and devotion. I think that um, there's there's a few pastors I've heard. Tyler Staten is one of them, and then Ben Stewart is one of them. They talk about the the story thing, mm-hmm. right? Where like like <clears throat> when you it's it's twofold. You're entering into the story of Jesus, but you're also inviting him into your story. Where like before you were kind of an actor in a play. And this is like a giant metaphor, whatever. Before you were sort of like an actor in a play and you were playing your role to the best of your ability. And then when you invite Jesus into that, what happens is he now takes on the lead role Hmm. and redefines what your role is. And if you let him do that, it makes the play better. Yep. If you don't, it's not that it makes the play worse, but like it's almost you can see what it could be. You see what it's supposed to be. And you're left in this like weird tension to manage of like, ah, this story that I entered into, I entered into because it was great, but I, I mean, there's something missing there, right? Um, well, and I think an important distinction as well, and we talk about this idea of the story, and honestly, that kind of breaks down, I guess, a stereotype with how we view scripture as well, right? Because scripture is a story. It's not a, it's not a, and I love, again. Whoa, to, whoa back up and punt. Oh, yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Say that again. <laughs> so, scripture invites us into that story so scripture itself is a story right and when we use this framework of talking about a story it makes scripture a lot easier to read because oftentimes we can look at the especially the old testament oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah did you receive the punt yes yeah there we go (laughs) um so when we when we understand the framework of a story and especially that we are found, we find ourselves in that story, yeah, because the story's still going on, right. so to speak. Right, Jesus is coming back again. He hasn't come back yet. Yeah, he will come back, and it will be abundantly clear when he does. So it's not like, oh, we missed it. So we're still in that story, and when God invites us into His story, and for for me, it makes scripture a lot more fun to read and a lot more engaging, more so than just oh, we're reading somebody else's mail. Yeah, because you have like a role, a response. Yeah, in some in some sense, a responsibility, but like you have a an opportunity to participate in the like the hero winning essentially, right? Which right. I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about this idea of like okay. What is that Christianity is the story that God invites us into, and it's the story, I guess you could say, of transformation, right? Yeah. The story of uh, the the wrongs being righted. It's a story of cool. yeah, it, like obviously we don't have to debate here or we don't have to talk um, 
even those of you listening, you you, you can look or you can take one look outside or one look at the yeah, news. Yeah, it doesn't take long to figure out we haven't got our crap figured out. Ex- yeah, exactly. Or to realize we haven't have we don't have our crap figured out. Right, and so it's it's that story of transformation. How how God is taking the broken pieces. How God in Jesus Christ and through the power of His Spirit, who's still here in us today how he's writing those wrongs, how mm-hmm. he's taking those broken pieces and making something whole again. Yeah. So what does that, I guess, why do people wrestle with it? Because that sounds great. And to kind of go along with, I guess, the theme of what we've been talking about, in a way, it's romantic in a sense, not right. like, uh, like, like, like amorous relationship, but it's, it can be idealized. So, amorous relationship? Like love, like, like you're married. Like, like a romantic relationship like that. Is but, an amorous relationship? Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> this guy's a scholar over here. Jeez. <laughs> oh, my bad. Didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. Threw <laughs> no, no, through no. a loop there. No, it's okay. So, but, but I, so, yeah, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah, so why, I guess, if this, because it can easily be idealized, why is it so difficult? Why do people today find it so difficult to actually follow Jesus, to actually not only believe but actually live like Jesus did and follow him. Yeah. So I think that um, there's a, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I think that sometimes like bad Christians make it hard to be. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely. Yeah. Hard to be a Christian, right? Like, (laughs) like bad leaders, bad people, like somebody speaks a word of like condemnation over you rather than like something like, which is not what Jesus did ever. Right. Um, and <clears throat> so like burned by Christians would make you, uh, like if somebody's followers hurts you, you don't obviously don't want to follow them too right. because they, they right. are a reflection of the person that they follow. So there's that. Uh, I think that also there is sometimes a projection of, the, this goes back to the father God deal. If, if I hear that God is my father, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Then if I don't have a good relationship with my parents, I might Mm, project that relationship onto God, right? Yep. I got you. Even if it's like a a caregiver or a peer or something like that, because we say that Jesus is a friend of sinners. It's like, friends kind of suck sometimes, (laughs) right? Or like Jesus is... um, Or that like we're supposed to be welcomed into the family of God or something like that. And like there's like... When you have a pretty messed up family right, situation. Right, right. Yeah. Like my family is, and th- this is a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess everybody, everybody's family is, so it's not purely a hypothetical, but like, you know, like my family is dysfunctional. So like, yeah. why do I want to enter into another family? Um, that is probably like, because we are human. It's dysfunctional. Probably, yeah, it's probably yes. going to be yeah, dysfunctional yeah, 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 too. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, and I think that's like a lot of the initial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then also I think it's like the whole deal of and this might be all of those ideas tied in together is there's this, there's this assumption that like Jesus just wants to change me. I mean, he just doesn't, he doesn't mm-hmm. love me how I am. He, and culture, that's like a huge narrative in culture is that you are fine the way that you are. So like there's something, so following Jesus assumes that there is something fundamentally wrong right. with who you are, you're with your identity, not just, I, I guess tied up in that is value and worth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like, so I, I don't want to, I mean, I guess you could say that it's tied up in your worth. 
Okay. I don't like to say that. It feels okay. like really sad. Um, yep. But so it's, yeah, following Jesus assumes that like I can't do things on my own. Mm. I can't be fulfilled on my own. Yeah. Okay. And in a Western context, especially. Well, in a very, in a world that prioritizes independence. It's very individualism. Diffi- yeah. It's very difficult. The whole to, deal. Yeah. Those, that idea of like living a life of a dependency is not attractive at all. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so there's, I think that, but that's, I think that's a lot of like the initial stuff. Mm-hmm. I think you take a step, like we were saying of entering into the story or allowing the Lord to enter into your story. Uh, th- there is this tendency to, it's weird. Like you accept the free gift of forgiveness, sure. right? Yep. And you receive the finished work of the cross as like saving grace for your life. But then even though you like receive it, you like now try to earn it. Yeah. You, there's a sense of striving for it. And so the idea of freely receiving and striving, the two kind of seem like opposites. Right. And so that's a, that's a little weird and it creates a right. kind of paralyzing tension of like, Oh, I do. I just like surrender, but like, what does that mean? Okay. So, yeah. okay. I'm following. There's that. And then I think also there is, um, Like all the problems don't go away. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you say that we've been saved, but things kind of still suck. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I go like I go to church. I feel better. You get like my weekend goosebump or whatever. But like my Monday, it's still a freaking Monday. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just not fun. Well, and if I'm honest, the conversations I have with people about kind of like big picture stuff, like why, the why behind Christianity. Right. The number one thing I hear is if Jesus is, okay, you say that Jesus is here. You say that Jesus loves me. You say that he's on this, you, he invites us into this story of transformation and restoration of not just me, not just people, but all of creation. Why in the world does, do X, prob- yeah, do, mm, do, does evil still exist? Yeah, does X, Y, Z happen? Does all that stuff happen? Right. And yeah. that I think that's such a paralyzing question. And it hangs up a lot of people around our age right. who are in their like, mid-20s or right. early 20s. And because there's really no... Like, there's an answer for it, but yeah. there's but it's not an easy answer. And yeah. it causes you to kind of have to think big picture. Right. And I think what happens is it... There's a, and I want to ask you about this because I think you probably explained it a whole lot better than I would, right? I guess in layman's terms, the, like the releasing of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. at the, in the moment of the crucifixion and resurrection. Yeah. So, so I, it, I get it, but I just like, I wouldn't be able to explain that to somebody in like super, yeah. you know what I mean? So specifically, I guess how it relates to following Jesus today and how it relates to Jesus coexisting in a world with. A, a continually broken world and fault-filled world world or like what do you like what's the relation what's the connection there i think yeah okay y- yeah like yeah what you just said yeah okay so in the stories of jesus in the new testament we have four independent biographies so to speak mm-hmm. of who jesus is it talks about it, it's basically everything we need to know about the person of Jesus. It's not exhaustive. Yeah. It's not a history textbook, though there are historical facts. It tells us it's it's written from a so theological. It's like it's like essentially like the highlight reel, the cliff notes the, yeah. of his life of yeah. the, from the guys that walked with him. Yeah, that's a cool way to think about the Gospels. Yeah, 
I, I love I love that phrase highlight reel because that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. not everything, but right. it's what we need to know. Right, the big moments. Yeah. And so in that in the in the last one, so the one that called that's called John, Jesus, there's this moment where he's talking with his followers. And it's a very like close knit, like kind of a family chat. Let's call it a family chat. Yeah, and this is like John thirteen through right? Or fifteen yeah, th- through thirteen through sixteen. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um in that family chat That's the what, last supper moment yeah yeah so in that family chat jesus is saying basically i'm gonna go away that i'm not gonna be here anymore right but it's better that i go because i'm gonna send i'm gonna send to you and he's gonna live with you not only with you but in you i'm gonna send the comforter yeah. or the spirit and that picks up on a theme from the old testament because yeah you go back and, and read the hebrew Other translations say the advocate right yeah yeah, gotcha. it's just, it, I mean, it could be translated numbered like comforter, advocate, mm-hmm. friend, even mm-hmm. like that's, that's okay. Um, that picks up on a theme in the Old Testament from God's spirit. The presence of God, though he was not visible, his effects were seen, right? So uh, you see like the spirit doing different things in the Old and different, um, like the spirit, he was... The spirit was present at creation. What said the spirit yeah, hovered yeah. over the And water. like the metaphor, the illustration for that is oftentimes wind, right? Because I can't see right. it, but I can feel it. And I know that yeah. it's there when it knocks a tree over the whole yep. deal. Cool. Super nerdy. The The Hebrew word for wind is the same word for spirit. Is it pneuma? Or is that Greek? That's that's Greek. It, the Hebrew Ugh. one is... Sorry. <laughs> the Hebrew one is ruach. Ah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Wait a minute. In like, You know, you ever play Skyrim? <laughs> Yeah. yeah you know like when they, they have the shout or whatever and you like knock people over yeah doesn't it isn't it called the ruach or like a probably i it's it's interesting to look and different things are picked up in culture what? yeah from that so it's that's really cool anyway back to the topic <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was, no. you said that and i was like that's a th- i know that's a thing you know what i mean all right so jesus says okay hey i've been telling you guys i'm gonna die yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna rise again and then I'm going to go away. Mm-hmm. But it's better that I go because the power that I minister in right now, it will be in you. Ooh. It will not only be with you or That's on cool you. That's a way to say that. The power yep. that I minister in right now. Right. Yeah. Yep. So that is the power. Like, so Jesus died. He rose again. Mm-hmm. And then he ascended into heaven. Um, again, <laughs> heaven isn't up. It's not down. It's not... It's just, it's outside of this reality. That's yeah. the best. So he could have actually physically ascended into the clouds. That's great. Right. Or he could have just disappeared. Right. It's fine. That's neither here nor there. Then all of a sudden his followers who they they are praying and they're they're prophesying and all of a sudden, which prophesying just means basically talking about the truth, about who Jesus is. And then all of a sudden something happens and it's like this wind Again, pick up on the theme from the Old Testament. This yeah. wind sweeps through the room that they're in, and they're said to be filled with the Spirit. And this Spirit is identifiable not in a physical marker, though like there were like tongues of fire, but it would be marked by a consistency with what Jesus said and what Jesus did. That is the mark or the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, oh. yeah, so when we talk about this idea of following Jesus, Jesus said that you're going to be able to follow me, and that, hey... There's going to be a lot of things that seemingly disqualify you. Yeah. 
the Holy Spirit is going to enable you yeah. to follow me, mm-hmm. to follow after me. Right. And again, it's not a visible marker. It's not right. like something you can look. It's not like a halo around the head. Mm-hmm. But it's the results that line up with what Jesus did. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah. When well, it speaks to like, I think it's a cool tie-in to like what makes Christianity after maybe step one difficult. I heard a pastor say one time, and it's a really cool phrase. It rhymes. Uh, why don't or often we settle for salvation when we could have transformation, right? Yep. Because Jesus uh, didn't come simply to to get give us a get out of hell free card. Yeah. Which is actually we haven't talked about that yet, right? Like, oh, the we'll whole, talk about it. <laughs> Don't don't you don't worry. You worry. <laughs> Anyways, so going back to the six C's, the being cursed, that separation, right? We had to pay for the fact that we, or yeah, I guess so. We have to, we had to pay for the fact that we put distance between us and God, because yeah. um, there's a He's a righteous judge, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's um, needs to be payment for the the penalty. It needs to be payment for the the punishment. It needs to fit the crime, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's why we need saving. Um, and so he comes and saves us. And then the step past that is not past salvation. He doesn't want to save you so just simply so you could be in communion with him, but he wants to make you whole and invite you, uh, yeah, on the journey of becoming more like him, becoming more complete, becoming a more whole person yeah. and wholeness or full communion with him is where wholeness is at, right? Yep. Where it can be yep. where it can be found. And so he, the invitation to the story to participate in the story is to be m- made more whole. Right. And likewise, on your on that journey, make this earth more like the uh, Pastor Matthew says it all the time, more like the paradise that it once was. Yep. Which is in turn more like the paradise that it one day will be again. Yep. Right. Well, and I think. I would love to talk more in depth. And so I'm I'm just going to say like we're just going to kick the can down the road so to speak and talk unpack what this idea of salvation is. Oh, because cool. I think there's a big misconception about what the idea of you hear and again that's Christianese as well. Salvation uh, is Christianese? It's like being saved. You hear oh, like yeah. oh yeah, yeah my yeah. my buddy came to church and he got saved. It's like pff, what? What does that mean? Yeah. It's like did he like did he like almost fall off a cliff and then somebody <laughs> pulled them back. It's like, in a sense, <laughs> but not, not really. <laughs> One could say, you know, uh... but so I think we're going to say, I, I want to put a pin in that if we can talking about okay. like what I, the idea of salvation. Um, but I think another thing that makes it difficult is that it's going to look a lot different than what we think. And it's actually going to involve us going through pain and hardship in this life on account of following Jesus because Jesus went through pain yeah. and hardship and yeah. he says, Hey, he, and there's the, oh, man, I can't remember exactly where it is, but there's a time where he's talking to his disciples and his disciples are like, Oh, the kingdoms like, cause Jesus says he's come to bring the kingdom of God and the kingdom's here. So that means we're not going to suffer anymore. And he's like, Hey, they really didn't like me. Yeah, yeah They're yeah. not going to like you either. Right, right, right. So I think that's another difficulty is, it's gonna. It's not gonna line up with like the status quo. Sure. There, there are gonna be similarities for sure. Right. And it does. It doesn't mean that Jesus is calling you to be like a weird person who just like yeah. Oh, like he doesn't like anything. He's not fun. It's not that. It's this idea of a shifting of priorities. So where yeah, it, you shift from I guess looking, caring about yourself, 
more than anything else to caring about the needs around you, the needs of others around you, and the needs of the world around right. you at large. When I think like another way to say that is like you're just going to different things to fill you up. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so often the things that culture, and this is really in any culture that's not going to point you towards Christ. So it's not just Western culture, it's every culture. The things that culture puts puts forth as your like solutions for, I don't know, whatever problem you might be facing. Oftentimes they don't, it's like, uh, I was actually, I heard somebody like an excerpt from another podcast earlier today where this guy was saying like the, like you don't give some, you don't just keep giving somebody tissues when they have a cold. Eventually hmm. you give them medicine, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't want to treat the symptom. I want to treat the, the actual condition. Right. And so a lot of times the things that culture puts forth as solutions, puts forth as the status quo are an attempt to treat the symptoms of hmm. like the inner human struggle uh-huh. for the need to belong and the need to uh, be wanted and like the fulfillment of like love and all that stuff mm-hmm. with like you could fill in the blank there whatever that looks like because there's a ton of them and um, rather than doing that I'm going to go to something that can actually treat the the wound and it can actually cure the disease right right and so that looks different mm-hmm. so it it draws a, sometimes a less than positive attention from other people but also it hurts personally because like and this, I, th- I can't remember where I heard this analogy, but it, it tracks that, that like when you're wounded and mm-hmm. you have a, like a severe wound or whatever, um, the longer it goes untreated, like the more scar tissue or like the more like initial tissue you have to remove before you can bandage it up. Mm-hmm. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. And so like you're, a lot of the things that we struggle with that keep us from being made whole, right? Are these like really deep internal wounds. A lot of times happen in childhood, whatever the case may be. Um, and we have to kind of excavate like the the rotten tissue the like the gross yeah yeah it is but like you have to kind of like allow like the lord to like dig a little deeper in and like and like ooh that hurts but all of a sudden like now i can grow and heal properly as opposed to like me by my own devices i was just trying to like grow and heal around like something that was rotten right and like that only leads to like more rot more disinfection that leads to more I like I like what you said. It treats the treats the the initial symptoms. It doesn't yeah. treat the the actual yeah. solution or the actual problem. Mm-hmm. It doesn't provide an actual solution. It just provides, I guess, temporary relief, momentary relief. Um, and so, I guess, in way to kind of wrap it wrap up this conversation, um, Christianity. The way I see it is, Christianity is an invitation to life, but mm. it's it's a life that we don't get through without death. Something that yeah, I didn't mean to. Like, did, you, <laughs> did you come up with that? I don't know. I probably heard it. So I probably read uh, it in a book. You write that down. That was that was good. But Jesus, sh- the the whole life of Jesus shows us is that it doesn't show us an escape from death. It shows us that death is not physical. Death is not something that keeps us from God. Yeah. Number one, and number two we are called to often lose our lives for the sake of those around us. And in that losing of our lives, find a life, a life and a joy and a peace. And you could say a happiness greater than you could ever imagine or that you could ever attain or produce in your own strength. 
in your yeah. own power. Yeah. I think there's something I've heard recently. I can't remember where, which is, I guess now I'm realizing a problem that I have of hearing lots of things, but not remembering where I hear them <laughs> is that like the greatest, <laughs> the greatest joy in sometimes, I mean, and this is like in a secular way of saying the exact same thing is the greatest joy in life is to take upon yourself the struggle of the world hmm. and, uh, try to make it better yeah. and to see other people flourish because of that. Yeah. And, um, not only in your inwardly does Jesus invite you into that, but he then invites you to participate, invite, he then invites you to participate in him doing that in other people's lives. Right. Which is like, and that's crazy. the big pic- that's the big picture yeah. to, to kind of back up and, and to, to back out of everything that we've talked about. That's the bigger picture. Right. The idea of Christianity is we're, we're entering into this bigger picture. Right. We're, we're right-sizing reality yeah. as opposed to shrinking it. And I think that's, that's why it's difficult in a sense. Mm-hmm. But all right. Well, Stephen, great first job. First episode, dude. Same time next week. Same time next. Well, two weeks. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, it doesn't even we'll have to see. be the same time. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. You let me know. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to the first conversation on the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast about why Christianity may seem difficult and how we actually embrace that difficulty in following Jesus. I love what Stephen said about actually following Jesus. It doesn't exempt us from difficulties, but rather it provides us hope and a source of joy amidst those difficulties themselves. If you're wanting more information or more resources about either Bay Hope Church or what we talked about in this episode, all you'll have to do if you're watching on YouTube is click the show notes that you see right there below me. If you're listening on any podcast streaming platform, be sure to click on the episode itself and go to the show notes tab. We're going to be releasing these episodes one to two times a month. And so we can't wait to continue having these conversations and we would love to hear your thoughts on them as well. Thanks again so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the Young, Dumb and Trying podcast.